welcome to Clear Thinking Out Loud, written and narrated by Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge. Hi, I'm Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge and welcome to How to Help Your Clients Believe They Will Get Better. Three cunning therapy techniques to inspire your clients. Milton Erickson, the great uh, psychiatrist and hypnotherapist and MD, said, all I did was give him a look of confident expectation. An infant learning to walk, you know he can learn to walk, but the infant doesn't know. You give the infant the confident support of your expectation. Ever heard of a double-blind drug trial? This is where new drugs, before coming to market, get tested against placebos to see how much of their effect, if any, is produced by psychological expectation in the patient's mind having an effect on the body as opposed to the actual psychoactive chemical impact of the drug itself. Now, of course, drug manufacturers hope that the difference between the placebo response and the uh, chemical response will be significant enough for the drug to come to market. Anyway, the reason the trials are called double-blind is because neither the subject on the trial nor the doctor dishing out the pills on the trial know whether what the patient receives is the real drug or the sugar pill placebo. So the doctor doesn't know whether they're giving out placebos or real drugs and the patient, of course, doesn't know either. So what's the point in hiding this from the doctor? You know, why should the doctor not even know whether they're giving out a placebo or a real drug? And the reason, of course, is that expectations are incredibly powerful. Double blind drug trials exist because if the doctor knows which is the drug and which is the placebo, their own expectations about the effect may be unconsciously transmitted to the trial subject and influence how they respond. And indeed, before double-blind trials, they found that this was indeed seen to be the case. People are tremendously sensitive to what the doctor seems to expect, or the doctor could be anybody, okay? What other people seem to expect translates to us. So a doctor's attitudes and beliefs are an important factor in the success of a treatment or a trial. And the same principle could be applied to psychotherapy, to your therapy room. Now, I don't know about you, but I've treated plenty of clients over the years who don't really believe they will ever get better and will be stuck with their problem until they die. Which begs the question, why did they come in for therapy? But they really seem to believe and expect that they'll always have the condition or, or, or situation, whatever it might be. Depressed clients in particular can have this attitude because of the um, all or nothing thinking trance depression has, has put them in. As a therapist, your attitude could make all the difference to how your client progresses in overcoming their problem. Okay, your expectation, your confidence in, in your client is itself part of a therapeutic input. So what's the best way to communicate to your clients your confidence that their therapy will be successful, making that outcome far more likely? So I want to look at three psychotherapy techniques that help your client believe in their own recovery. And in other words, get them expecting to get better. So number one, remember human beings strive for progress. The human race pulled itself up by its bootstraps before bootstraps were invented by the human race. Naked as every other animal, how likely was it that we could or would 
come, uh, come up with farming or technology or literature or great feats of architecture, uh, you know, an understanding of our place in the universe, be able to send uh, machines to other planets. Okay, we were just naked animals. You know, who, who could have foreseen that? Who could have expected that? And my point is that unlikely as all this might have seemed from our grazing grounds on the savannah two million years ago, barely distinguishable from other primates, nevertheless, it came to be a reality. So we can expect amazing things, or at least acknowledge the possibility. We have an innate drive for development, and when the conditions are right, this drive can even go into overdrive. Reflecting on this with clients, simply weaving it naturally into the conversation will allow them to both consciously and unconsciously register the expectation that things will change and improve, because that's how we are. Okay, we have a natural propensity and attraction toward progress. Two, visualize your client's future success. So no matter what sort of difficulty a client may be struggling with, I like to define what the measure of success will be in their therapy. I then internalize those measures for myself through self-hypnosis and vividly visualize what those successes in my client might look like. In this way, I can feel as if I've already glimpsed their future success before it's happened. And because I've seen that future on, on some level, imaginatively, then I'm more drawn to it. I'm, I'm more expectant of it. Um, and, and really, th that's what starts to convey to them as well, my confidence in them. Number three, mind your language. So presuppositions are powerful linguistic devices, and you should be using them in, in your therapy. So talk in terms of when things improve, okay? So we can, we can talk in terms of when things improve as, as, a, as opposed to if things improve, okay? As things start to get better. So when things improve for you, as things start to get better, what are you gonna notice? While you're recuperating, you'll perhaps also notice this happening and that happening. We will expect that this will happen, okay? Rather than using more tentative expressions like if or whether, okay? If you were to start feeling better or, you know, uh, we can talk, talk in terms of as you start to feel better, you can notice this. So a presupposition contains within it the assumption that progress will occur. It's not the same as saying, saying to someone, you are gonna get better. We are implying strongly that they're gonna get better without being explicit about it. So a presupposition doesn't crassly draw attention to the assumption on which it's based, okay? Because that would risk it being rejected by someone who has a overridingly negative bias to their thinking. So for example, rather than saying, you will get better, a statement that a, a severely depressed person might bluntly reject, you know, because we know the quickest way to break rapport with someone with low self-esteem or who's depressed is to be overly positive with them. Yeah, okay. And two, to uh, nurturing, you know, um, aff affirmative of someone. We might more efficiently and effectively embed the idea of getting better within a, a wider linguistic framework. So, you know, as you start to feel better in the coming weeks, I wonder what kinds of things your family will notice changing. You know, what sort of things will they be able to tell about you that lets them know that you're starting to feel happier? I wonder what they'd start to notice. Okay, it can be a rhetorical question. You don't even necessarily need to, need to require an answer from someone. So here we've covertly delivered the sense of progress while apparently focusing, focusing on friends and family and what they'll notice. Okay, 
So never underestimate the power of the confident support of your expectation. Now, I hope you found that useful. I'm Mark Tyrrell of Uncommon Knowledge, and if you'd like to subscribe to my email newsletter, you can find it over at unk.com slash blog. That's unk.com slash blog. Mm -hmm.